Please rise as you are able. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart to confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made, who made heaven, heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities in which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Glory be to God on high. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity and the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this, the Festival of the Holy Trinity, is from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook, and the voice of him who called and the, void, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 11. 
Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descends from heaven and the Son of Man. And and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Early in the fourth century, a North African pastor named Arius began teaching that Jesus Christ was not truly God. The church responded decisively in A.D. 325 with a statement of faith, Nicene Creed, which confessed that Jesus is, in fact, true God. Toward the end of the fifth century, another creed was written that that delved further into the mystery of the Trinity. Though attributed to Athanasius, a fourth-century opponent of Arius, this anonymous creed clearly came at a later stage in the debate. The Athanasian creed declares that its teachings concern the Holy Trinity and our Lord's incarnation are the Catholic faith. In other words, this is what the true church of all times and all places has confessed. More than 15 centuries later, the church continues to confess this truth, confident that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
has given himself for our salvation. The following translation is spoken responsibly. Whoever desires to be saved must above all hold the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will without day perish eternally. And the Catholic faith is this. That we worship one God in Trinity and and Trinity Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. Just as there are not three uncreated or three infinites, but one uncreated and one infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son almighty, the Holy Spirit almighty. And yet there are not three almighties, but one almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. And yet there are not three lords, but one Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Father is not made nor created nor begotten by anyone. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is of the Father and of the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. Thus there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity, none is before or after another, None is greater or less than another, but the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age, perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. 
one, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God, one altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by the unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. Who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Trinity Sunday. What does God make, why does God make himself known in a Trinitarian form? The goal of God, creator of all things, is the salvation of man, his most prized creation. So how is the Trinity helpful? 
In our reading from Isaiah 6, the seraphim cry out, Holy, holy, holy. It is a Trinitarian refrain. We sing it in our liturgy, in the Sanctus, in the sacrament of the altar. And we sang it in our opening hymn. But what does it mean? In Hebrew, the word holy means separate. The Holy One of Israel is separate from His people in His perfection, His power, His might, His loving kindness, and many other characteristics. This is why Moses was told to remove his sandals in the presence of the burning bush. He was on holy ground, ground set apart for God who was set apart. For the same reason, the people of Israel were not to approach the mountain when God appeared to Moses in the cloud on Mount Sinai. It too was holy and set apart. The Holy One of Israel is perfect and uncompromising in his expectations of faithfulness from his people. Anything less brings destruction and death. After the fall in the Garden of Eden, this became a became far beyond a major problem. It was a death sentence for God's people. They were cast out and away from their holy God in whose image they had been made. Their sin, the sin of man, ruined it. When Isaiah was in the presence of God, he cried out, Woe is me! Why? He knew it was over. He stated it himself, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Remember the definition for woe? It's kind of like this. You're done. It's all over. You might as well go play on traffic and I-465 at rush hour. Have a nice day. That's woe. This is what Isaiah recognized, and it was due to him having no standing on which to be in the presence of Almighty and Holy God. Exodus 33.20 declares, no one may see God and live. It was the same reason impure people were barred from the temple. By the grace of God, Isaiah is not to remain unclean. His sin is to be atoned for. It is not by any of his own doing, though. He is struck with fear in the middle of a wet pants moment, if you will. It is the work of God done through one of the seraphim that flies to Isaiah with a burning coal from the altar and touches his lips, making his unclean lips clean. I remember the accounts of a few of my friends growing up that had their lips cleaned from time to time. It was not with fire, but in the moment probably just as terrible. Soap was applied. Just plain old bar soap. Back in the day, it was probably Dial or Came. Nice on the body, nasty between the teeth. It was meant to be a cleansing, albeit in a punishing way. But there was no punishment in the fiery hot coal from the altar. It was pure cleansing that removed the guilt from Isaiah. His sin was atoned for. It allowed an unholy Isaiah to be in the presence of Holy, holy, holy God. Three holies, not one. According to Ambrose, it is invocative of the Trinity. He writes of the seraphim, They say it not once, lest you should believe that there is but one. Not twice, lest you should exclude the Spirit. They say it not holies, duplicate, lest you should imagine there is plurality. 
but they repeat it three times and say the same word, that even in a hymn you may understand the distinction of the persons of the Trinity and the oneness of the Godhead. And while they say this, they proclaim God. It has always been God who has made it so that he could dwell with his people and they with him, as ungodly as they may be. He gave them ways of atonement with laws and sacrifices. He did so to remove the obstacle of sin that separated them from God. He showed them his power and might to save and is moving every obstacle from in front of them as they escaped Egypt, even protecting their firstborn from death with the blood of a lamb over the doorposts and lintels. Salvation is always on God's terms, the narrow way. If Isaiah had reached for a coal from the altar to try and cleanse himself, he would have died. But God made a way. When was the last time your mouth was washed out with soap? Or should it have been? Possibly it was your eyes that needed a good washing, or your hands. In the hospital, we always washed our hands continuously. You've probably been doing a lot of that yourself. On occasion, someone had to wash out their eyes. And once I saw someone in need of a literal mouth washing, and it was filthy. We are all filthy with sin. Like Isaiah entering the heavenly realms, we entering here should be crying out, Woe is me, for I am a man or woman of unclean lips. Holy, holy, holy. It is because of God's holy, separate nature that he has cleansed us. He did it through the absolution you received at the beginning of the service, the forgiveness of your sins and mine. The absolution you received was not because of your pastor's holiness, far from it, trust me. It was because and for the sake of the holy, innocent suffering and death of Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who as we confessed in the creed, came down from heaven and was made man. This is the focus of the creed we use today, the confession that Jesus, the Christ, is both God and man, come down from heaven to suffer and die for our sins and be raised again. Isaiah's sins were forgiven by the promise that was to come, that is Jesus. There is no other forgiveness. All true forgiveness is in Christ. Because only forgiveness in the name of Jesus cleanses us from sin. When we forgive one another, it should be in the name of Jesus. It's only by his blood that we are cleansed. Which brings us to the third holy, Holy Ghost, which we received in our baptism. In our creed, we confess that it is by the work and power of the Holy Spirit that we are given faith in God. We confess that we are called by the gospel, enlightened with his gifts, sanctified and kept in this true faith in Christ's church by the power of the Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity, one God, working together for the salvation of us, creatures that God has made to be his own and to know him. It is, it is so that we may live, not separated by sin and eternally lost, but be forgiven for the sake of his Son and kept in the faith until death by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we may be raised, body and soul, to eternal life with Christ on the last day. This past week, there are several of our members and their relatives that have looked very closely at the possibility of death due to illness. 
It has been their own life, the life of parents, siblings, and several have entered their rest in Jesus. Thanks be to God that through his power and might, the loving work of the Trinity, that death is no longer separation from God, but it is the eternal joining of all believers in Christ in that same song the seraphim sang, as we are set apart with God, having been made holy in Christ Jesus. The Athanasian Creed ends with some possibly frightening few lines. It reads, At his coming, all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. Have you done good? Or are you like Isaiah? Woe, woe is me. By the power of the Holy Spirit, faith has been given to you through the words and sacrament, not of your own works, lest you should boast. As Christians, our boasting is in Christ Jesus for us. He has won the battle against sin, death, and the power of the devil. The only good the Father wishes to see in us is faith in his Son. It is from that faith that all good works flow. So have no fear, little flock, for your sins are forgiven and atoned for, not with hot coal from a fire, but with the precious, innocent body and blood of Christ given up for your sins. Thanks be to God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For an increase in devotion for all the saints, for the faithful proclamation of the gospel by all pastors in Christ, for an end to schism and division within the church militant, and for the proper fear and fervent praise of the Holy Trinity among all those born again from above in holy baptism, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have, have mercy. mercy. For the sojourner and stranger, for the persecuted and oppressed, for prisoners and their families, for the enemies of the faith, and for the true repentance of all, let us pray to the Lord. For the nations and those who lead them, for an end to violence and war, and for peace throughout the world, let us pray to the Lord. For the end of the global pandemic, 
for a return to life and livelihood, for patience and understanding, and for the gospel's increase despite every worldly setback, let us pray to the Lord. For those who endure mental illness, for those who mourn, for the lonely and brokenhearted, for the unemployed and underemployed, for those with chronic pain, for the sick and injured, for the hospitalized and shut in, and for all who have requested our prayers this day, the family of Trish Peck, the family of Ruth Viles, for blessing and thanksgiving upon Reverend Hans Feeney and his family as he is installed today at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Crestwood, Missouri. For thanksgiving for the birth of George Neely McFarlane, son of Tim and Ashley. And for thanksgiving for the birth of Lydia Helen Mundrick, daughter of Keith and Ann. For Shirley, Gary, Jim, Jerry, and Bob. For Michael and Carol. For our shut-ins and all who must endure isolation at this time for the sake of their health. For Olga, Lorraine, Ann, and Doris for the work of Lutheran Child and Family Services, and for all expectant mothers and their unborn children, especially Laura, Allie, Anna, and Megan. Let us pray to the Lord. For reverent awe as our lips receive the very body and blood of Christ from the holy altar this day, for the removal of our guilt and deliverance from evil, for the strengthening of our love for God and for one another, and for an increase of faith, let us pray to the Lord. All glory, honor, and praise be to the most holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy is he whose name is majestic in all the earth, through whom we have forgiveness, life, and salvation. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is meet and right so to do. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, who with your only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit are one God, one Lord, in the confession of the holy, true God, we worship the Trinity in person and in the unity of substance of majesty co-equal. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying... Amen. Uh-huh. 
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Take and eat, true body of Christ.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Depart in peace with great joy. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Allah, I to light in the Gentiles and the glory of thy people in Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endureth forever. We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.